You're listening to King Jesus Radio, the official podcast of New Living Way Church, also found on YouTube under New Living Way Church Downey. My life was changed for all of my life, even if I were to walk away or even, you know, even as a, as a, as a child growing up and hearing and confessing the Lord as my Savior. And even though I had walked away from the things of God and ran from God from so many years, but yet my life still wasn't the same, though, because I knew there was a Savior. I knew that there was there was someone greater. I, I had a relationship with God as a young child. And even though I walked away and even though I denied him and even though I turned my back and even though I denied the name of Jesus, but still something inside of me had changed. And no matter how much I tried to hide from it, I couldn't because there was a change in my heart. And so when God called me back, it's like I knew. It's like I was fooling myself all this time, but I knew when he was calling me, it's because my life was changed. From a very young age, my life was changed drastically, that I could never be the same. I was never able to do anything without having an understanding and an acknowledgement in my heart that it was wrong. Even though I did it, but my life was changed. But in that, it was also changed in a way not to constantly drive me to a place where, man, everything I do is wrong. Like, man, I can't do anything right. No, it was in a way to acknowledge. But thank you, Lord, for forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that you died for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that I'm able to come to you and ask you for forgiveness, Lord. And with a repentant heart, Lord, I can be forgiven. I can be restored. That is a life changed. As many of us here in Bible study tonight, your lives were changed because of what Christ did for me and you. That is an amazing thing. That's something that it's just hard to explain unless someone chooses to believe in it, believe in him for themselves. That is why when you come across someone who has had that encounter with God and that change in their heart, it's just there's no words to describe it. There's no words in that. But our prayer is, is that those that don't know will come to know. And that they also, too, will have that same encounter with God as me and you have had. Doesn't make me any better. Doesn't make anyone any better. No, because I'm not any better than anybody else. It's I just get to acknowledge and I get to have a joy and a peace in Christ. Of knowing, Lord, thank you for all that you have done for me. Thank you for all that you have done for this world, Lord God. It's it's just an amazing thing. And, you know, but again, it's not something that we can teach others. It's not something, no, it's some, only something you can share with someone. It's only something you can tell someone, I know what God has done for me. And so they're seeing what God has done for this man. And there's just no way around it. I mean, it's just, you know, this is a physical healing that is taking place in this man. You know, just something that is just, wow. But many others are seeing this. And it's all to show the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen. But it's all to bring about the gospel about salvation. And that's what the apostles are taking this moment and this opportunity to do is to share about the salvation that is found in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So let's look at this. 
Verse 15 and 17 here. It says, but when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another saying, what shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. So they have a real issue here. They're okay. Look, guys, they're trying to figure out what's going on here. Something happened here. We can't do anything about it. I mean, it's just, it's obvious. So they're trying to figure out a way. Well, what can we do here? What, what can, you know, how can we knock this out? I mean, how can we put this to rest? I mean, there just has to be something here. So they're talking amongst each other, okay? But let's look at some examples here of the rulers. Let's look at some examples here of the religious leaders here, okay? Let's go to John chapter 3. And we're going to look at verse 1 through 2, okay? John chapter 3, the book right before. <clears throat> and let's look at a man here by the name of Nicodemus, okay? It says that he came over here to talk to, to, to Jesus. And this was done in the night. Well, let's just read it, okay? Let's, let's read it here. So it's going to be John chapter 3, verse 1 through 2. And it says, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Wow, what a statement, amen? So first of all, he comes to Jesus at night because he, he's hiding, okay? this is He's not doing this openly. He's doing this sneakily. He's coming to Jesus, and he's coming and talking to Jesus. He's got questions. He's, you know, he's like, you know, he wants to find some things out here. And you're talking about, you know, a man of the Pharisees, one of the rulers of the Jews here, okay? One of the people that's probably in the crowd, you know, when they're questioning and stuff like that. So this man's asking Jesus. But I love what he says here, Rabbi, we know. So when he's saying we, he's acknowledging the others that are part of what he's a part of, okay? They recognize, wait a minute, man, there, there's some things going on here. There's something different about this Jesus. And he recognizes that these are not possible unless God is with him. So he's acknowledging God is part of this, okay? So let's go now to chapter 12 of John. Let's go back. Let's, let's look over here. John chapter 12. And we're looking at the leaders here. I wrote here, the truth was obvious and they knew it. Okay? The truth was obvious. They're saying it here. We recognize that these things are from God. But the difference is they choose not to believe it. So instead of choosing what Christ is doing, what God is doing, doing through Jesus, they choose not to believe it. How many of us know that to be a believer, to be a follower of Christ, there's a choice. You can choose to acknowledge what God has done through his son Jesus, or you could choose not to. You can choose to believe in the works of God and, and, and all that he has done, or you can choose not to. Now, these rulers, these religious people had seen all that God is doing, all that Christ is doing, and they had a choice. And that choice was either to believe it or not to believe it. That's free will. That's the beauty of God creating me and you is the fact that me and you have free will. We can choose not to, and we can choose to believe it. There's a difference. And the difference here is they choose not to believe it, and instead they choose, they chose to suppress it. 
They wanted to hide the fact. They wanted to suppress the truth. They wanted Jesus to stop speaking truth, to stop speaking of who he is and showing who he is. They didn't like that. So let me encourage you today. Don't be discouraged because there's people around you or in your life that just will not believe. And not only that, but will come against your belief. Well, not only that, will maybe say, well, I'm, I'm glad you believe that. That's good for you. I'm glad you have something. <laughs> but don't be discouraged in that. But what we are to do is we're to pray for them. We're to pray for all those that choose today not to believe. But it doesn't mean that mean you stop believing. We still have a choice and we still have a decision to make to continue to believe. Everybody has the reasons today why they might not believe this today. Don't get me wrong. We as Christians doesn't mean we believe everything. I mean, we understand everything. We believe God, but we don't understand everything. But what we've learned is, is we don't allow what we don't understand to keep us from believing in who Christ is. Many today will have the reasons why they don't believe, but that's their choice. That's, that's their decision, and that's okay. We still love them, and we still pray that they will believe, and they'll come to put their faith in Christ. But whether they do or not, that's not up to us. That's up to the Holy Spirit to draw them. But it is our responsibility to continue to believe in what he's done for me and you. See, let's look at John chapter 12, verse 36 to 43 here, okay? It says, while you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of the light. When Jesus said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. Okay? Let's read that again. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. So that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, Lord, who has believed what, we, we, what he heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, for again Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him. But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Now recognize this. There is a time that, you know what, they're just... And we're not going to go too much into it, but I know we'll hit on this a little bit more. But there's just some things that we just don't quite understand that God hardened the hearts of the people. He had spoke this to Israel. He spoke about, I will speak to them in parables. And we don't fully understand it all, but we know that God is still in control. Okay. But we do see here very plainly. It says in verse 42, nevertheless, many, even of the authorities did believe in him. As we read, as Nicodemus said, we believe that these works are from God because no one else can do these if it wasn't of God. But look at the reason why they didn't confess it. But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it. For fear of man. 
fear of people. And this was their fear so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. Okay? They were fearful they were going to lose their status, their identity, their group, their crew, their friends, their relatives, whatever it may be. They were afraid of these things to be put out because it would cost them. It would cost them. But not only that, it says, for they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. They would lose their own identity through the process. So because of it, they chose not to believe in the works that Jesus did. So what we're seeing in Acts is them still trying to suppress the truth because they love their own, the glory of man more than the glory of God. Jealousy, covetousness, anger, pride, all these things. And it was still going on here, still going on today. They choose not to believe the truth, and this is their reasons for it. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11. And we're going to look at verse 20 to 24, okay? Matthew chapter 11, verse 20 to 24. He says here in verse 20, then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, you will be exalted to heaven. Will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. Imagine that. He's referring to Sodom and Gomorrah, the one that was tore down that lot was taken out of and he's saying even those people as wicked as they have may have been even if they would have seen the works they would have repented so he's putting them in a pretty crazy category here but he's speaking to the pride he's speaking to the reasons of why they are choosing not to believe let's go to Matthew chapter 12 just the next next page over Actually, right here in this one right here, verse 38. He says in verse 38 of Matthew chapter 12, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. 
And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Talking about repentance, talking about turning from their ways and turning to God. He's saying, even the men of Nineveh turn and you won't. And he's preaching to them this. But again, this was a choice of the rulers and many of the people. They just chose not to believe. And that's just the world we live in today. That many will not believe. And that's okay. I mean, our heart's desire is for them to believe, yes. But our responsibility is to continue to believe all that God has spoken and believe all that God says. Me and you today have to be men and women, children of God today, that will choose to believe all that Jesus says, all that God says, and know that his word is faithful. To continue to believe that Christ is the Savior, that he is the resurrection and the life, that yes, he is risen. He is no longer in the tomb that we continue to keep our eyes on Jesus today. And you continue to believe all that God is. We can't change the hearts of people. We can't change the fact that many will try to suppress the truth. Or not only that, they'll try to manipulate the truth. They'll try to make it say what it's supposed to say. We cannot stop these things. We're not here for that. We're here to declare the truth, to proclaim the truth, to preach the truth, to live in truth. And that is Christ Jesus and who he is. But what we're looking at here is just a bit of an understanding of why they're coming against the truth so strongly. Why don't they want to speak anymore in his name? Let's go to John chapter 20. Because look at the power in his name. Look at the authority in his name here in John chapter 20. John chapter 20, verse 30 to 31 says this. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of, his, of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. Look at the power in this. He says, these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And here's the power, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. See, me and you today have life in his name, and everyone who chooses to believe in him has life in his name. That is the power of God today. Because even if we were to die in this world, which one day we will, we still have life in his name, and that life is eternal. No one can ever take that life from me and you as long as we continue to have faith in that name. See, they didn't understand that. And this is what they're trying to come against. They're trying to come against not the works, but they're trying to come against the name of Jesus. The very one who that name represents, which that name represents God Almighty. 
But they're not recognizing that they're actually coming against God. Because Jesus is the son of God. So always remember. If anyone ever comes against the name of Jesus, then there's a problem. Because that's what's offensive. It's who Jesus is and who he says he is. And this is what they're trying to oppress. This is what they're trying to suppress. They're trying to suppress the truth of the power of his name. How many of us know today there is power in the name of Jesus? Oh, the name of Jesus gives life. The name of Jesus gives salvation. The name of Jesus brings forgiveness. The name of Jesus brings restoration and reconciliation. The name of Jesus it brings healing. The name of Jesus brings deliverance. The name of Jesus brings peace and comfort and joy and strength and provision. The name of Jesus is power and authority. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. You can say right now because of who your faith is in and who you believe in today. And you can start to proclaim Jesus, 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 Jesus. Because there is life in the name of Jesus. So no matter if they keep us out of a building, no matter if we can come together today to meet, but you could still cry out today, the name of Jesus. Don't ever let anyone quiet you. Just like those men on the side of the road, when they said, oh, shut up. They said, no, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. See, because there is power in the name of Jesus. And this is what these men are coming together. They're conferring with one another. Okay, what can we do to stop them from proclaiming this name? From preaching this name? From declaring this name? What can we do? We acknowledge this miracle has been done. We cannot deny this. But what can we do to stop them from preaching the name of Jesus? See, today there's much going on. There's a virus going on. There's all these other things going on. And what it wants us to do, what we are being challenged today, is from continuing to proclaim the name of Jesus. Because maybe we're not seeing the things the way that we want to see them. Maybe we're not seeing the way we think it shall turn out. But it does not change who Jesus is today. Christian brother and sister, person, man of God, woman of God, child of God. Do not stop proclaiming the name of Jesus today. Don't let the circumstance stop you from believing in who Jesus is today. You still continue to declare who he is to you today. Because he is still the Lord God Almighty. He is still Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He is still the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And there is no other like him. He is still the resurrection and the life. Don't ever stop proclaiming the name of Jesus. Because there is power in the name of Jesus. 
See, when you start to declare the name of Jesus in your household, in your life, there is power in the name of Jesus when you know who Jesus is. When you know who your Lord is. No matter how many doors are locked, remember we learned the other day behind them locked doors, Jesus was still able to meet them there. Peace be unto you. Our God is good. And this is what they were trying to come against. This is what they're trying to figure out. How can we stop them? How can we stop them from preaching in this name, from declaring this name and giving glory to this name? How can we stop them? There's a real devil today. There's a real enemy today saying, how can we stop them? God is still God. Jesus is still Lord. Oh, and there is still a Holy Spirit. And today for everyone who puts their faith, you are still the temple of the living God today. Don't allow the circumstance or the situation to stop me and you from declaring who Jesus is and believing in all that he is and says he is. He's still Jesus. He's still Lord. He's still the Savior of the world. Amen? So they go to verse 18. <laughs> Uh-oh. The Amplified Version reads it this way in verse 18. It says, so they sent for them and commanded them not to speak as his representatives. How many of us know today that you are an ambassador of Christ? You are a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ in this world today. Well, these disciples are representatives and they are commanding them not to speak as, represent, as his representatives or teach at all in the name of Jesus using them as their, using them as their authority. So this is what they come out to do. They say, you must no longer speak or teach in this name anymore. You know, must no longer represent his name, and you must no longer declare in, the, in his name and the authority of his name. How many of us know that a name represents a lot? Paul refers to a name that he was under, and we'll learn a lot more about this person, Gamaliel. A Pharisee, one who was held in high regard. And Paul uses this name as one as he was under because a name went a long way. You know, even today, when you find out someone hangs out with somebody or someone knows somebody, and this could go good or bad, you find out, oh, you know so-and-so? Oh, wow, okay. Or it could go the other way. Oh, wait, you, you know so-and-so? Why? <laughs> It could go either way. Because a name can go a long way and names are and held in high regard. Well, they're telling them, we don't want you to preach in this name. We don't want you to have anything to do with it. We don't want you to continue to tell others about this name. And not only did they just command them, they charged them. In the ESV, it says they charged them not to speak in this name. 
That word charge means they threaten them. They use this in a way as a threat, okay? And let me tell you something. As we continue to go on in the book of Acts, we'll find out it was more, the threat was real. And they are threatening them, but another word for it is to menace them. And that is to hang over dangerously. They're letting them know. The thesaurus says to remain poised to inflict harm or danger or to put distress on. Basically, they're saying, you don't want us as an enemy. And what they're really saying is, you better stop speaking in the name of Jesus or else. You ever heard that? Or else. You're like, or else what? <laughs> well, their or else was they crucified Jesus. <laughs> Don't think they're not going to do the same to them. You ever got an or else in your life? You better do this or else. You better not go or else. You might use that a lot. You might use it with your kids. You might use it with your husband or your wife. <laughs> and many times when you say or else, many times we don't, people, we don't want to know what the or else is. Like, no, 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 that's fine. It's fine. I got it. Because <laughs> that or else is, takes a lot, carries a lot of weight with it, okay? But look at the response of Peter and John here in verse 19. He says, in verse 19 and 20, But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. Oh, hallelujah. So now he's answering them this. He says, listen, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. So he places it on them. He's basically saying that word judges to, to pronounce an opinion concerning right or wrong. Okay? So he's basically telling them, you probably heard the saying, you be the judge. You do this, you do that, but you be the judge. Basically giving you the choice. Whether you want to believe this or not, that's between you. Whether you think it's right or not, that's between you. You be the judge. And this is what Peter's saying. Whether it's right to listen to you rather than to God, you be the judge of this. You make a choice whether this is right or wrong. He's leaving that in their hands because he's giving it to them. A right of what? Well, to believe, free will. You can believe this is from God or you cannot. He's throwing that on them. And this is a choice that we have today, that the world has today. You can believe or you don't have, you don't have to believe. But this is what the truth, this is what I'm speaking. This is what I, my belief, and this is what I'm saying, and this is truth. But in verse 20, he says, for we cannot. So he puts it on them, and then he brings it back to them. And this is where our part comes in as believers, as Christians, as disciples of God, disciples of Christ. This is what has to come back. He says, for we cannot. But for me... As Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, this is where me and you have to make a decision, but I cannot. We cannot but speak of what we have seen and what we have heard. Oh, hallelujah. To speak, to preach, to use words in order to declare one's mind and disclose one's thoughts. Okay, so 
I can, I have to make a choice. Me and you have to continue to make a choice daily that I cannot stop speaking from what I've seen and what I've heard. I cannot stop declaring what I have seen and what I've heard my God do and what I've seen him do. This is an amazing thing here. Be, to what he, and he's not saying of all that I know and all this. No, he said, I cannot help but speak from what I have seen and what I have heard. Wow. Let's look at something here about seen and heard, okay? The disciples walked with Jesus. They saw many things. And you can go to the Gospels and you'll see all that Christ did and all what they were all witnesses to, okay? But I want us to look at something here. Let's look at some examples here. Let's look at Matthew chapter 14. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 14 here, verse 34 to 36 here. It says, and when they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all that region and brought to him all who were sick and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Wow. So they wanted just to even just touch the fringe or the hem of his garment. Does that sound familiar to me and you today? Because it certainly sounded familiar to them. See, they didn't just go to grab the hem of the garment because this was something they thought of. This is something that they had heard. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 8. As we go down a little bit here, Luke chapter 8, verse 43 to 48. And this is talking about a woman here. And it says here in verse 43, And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment or the head of his garment. And immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touch me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So imagine this woman says within her heart, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. Talk about faith in action. But not only that, the disciples got to witness and see this. And not only that, they got to, everybody else got to hear about this. What were they seeing? They were seeing the faith of this woman. The faith that she had in Jesus Christ. It wasn't so much the healing, the healing's blessing. That's what brought it, to, you know, that's like, wow. But they got to see the faith in action. She said within herself. And because of it, she was healed. It was that faith in Christ Jesus, and that's where her healing was at. 
And the people heard about this. And later on, they're doing the same thing. See, I wrote here, there's two things that the disciples are stating here in this portion of scripture. The faith that they have in who Jesus is. Because they have seen and heard and they heard Jesus and they've seen all these things for themselves. And, you know, they walked with Jesus. Okay. But also the faith of the people in Jesus and what they have seen and heard. See, not only did they get to see what Jesus was doing and hearing what Jesus was saying, but they also got to see the faith of the people and all that they were declaring. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This woman, if I could only touch the hem of his garment. The man that says, just say the word, Lord. They got to see and hear the faith of the people that they had in Jesus. See, we may not be able to see Jesus in the physical today. We not, might not be able to see all the things that the disciples saw in that time because Jesus is risen now. But we can see the works of God by the faith in me and you and in others. By seeing your changed life, by seeing the changed lives of others. By seeing, yes, the working miracle power of Jesus Christ in someone else's life. That's how me and you are able to see Jesus today. And it's about remembering today all that Christ has done in our lives, in the lives of others around us. Yes, some brothers and sisters have gone home to be with the Lord. But we could still thank God for the time that we had with him here. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on and people are losing their lives today. Real stuff. People are sick. But as we saw others today and other testimonies, but God is also working so many other things out that we don't even know. Restoring relationships, restoring physical bodies, restoring others to himself. See, we need to remember all that we've seen and heard in our life and in others' lives. It's not about all of our head knowledge, though that is good. We're to study the word of God. But most importantly is to declare all that Jesus is to me and you today. That others can also know. We don't always have all the answers to people's questions. I don't always have the answers, but I have the answer. You have the answer. And his name is Jesus. So we have seen Jesus. In, the, in our own changed lives and the changed lives of others. As we learned this past weekend. We want to see Jesus. Well, we found out we want to see Jesus, then there's a certain way we have to see him. And that's as that suffering servant, the one who died for our sins. But then we get to that place. I have seen the Lord. It's when you get to know the resurrected Christ. 
when you get to know the risen God, the risen Christ, the one who is seated at the right hand of the Father today, the one who is coming back today, the one who is alive, to be able to say, I've seen the Lord because I've seen him in my own life. I've seen him in your lives. I've seen him in many other lives today. And even though others around me may not even see God's hand working in their life, they haven't acknowledged it or maybe they choose not to believe it. But how many people have you come across that you just say, man, God, <laughs> wow, Lord, that's you. That's you. They, they can't see it, but Lord, I, I could see it. That's that was you, Lord God. You changed their hearts. You you provided for them, Lord God. You opened up that door for them, Lord. And and it just it just amazes me in you. But see, even though they may not realize it or see it yet, or maybe they just choose not to believe it. But the fact that you see it, don't turn your blind eye to it. Give the Lord praise and glory and honor honor because of it because it's what you've seen and what you hear don't stop speaking and declaring that don't stop giving god the glory for it you continue to declare it and believe it you continue to share it you continue to praise and thank god between you and him for all that he's doing and you continue to declare by faith even though they don't see it now, but Lord, thank you that one day they will. Thank you that one day they will see you, Lord. Thank you that one day they will know you. Lord, I'm going to continue to believe because as faithful as you are in me and you have patience with me, Lord, I thank you that you're faithful with them. You're faithful to this world. You're patient with all of us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you'll never give up on them as you never give up on me but help me to continue to declare all that I've seen and heard. I want us to go to this chapter in John chapter nine. We're going to read the whole chapter and it's going to take us into our close tonight. But I want us to read this as we look into this, because I want us to see something here is this is what the disciples are declaring all that they've seen and heard. It's like, I'm going to choose today to, to continue to declare all that I've seen and heard and declare who Jesus is. We're going to look at a man that was born blind in chapter 9, a man by the name of Bartimaeus. Well, it's not his name. It's actually son of Timaeus, but this is what they refer to him as. It says here in verse 1 of John chapter 9, As he passed by, he saw a man blind, from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. See, automatically, many times in our lives, we always wonder, Well, what did they do to deserve that? Or what did you do? And sometimes we could have done some of those consequences, yes, but they're just sometimes, they're just, life is life. It's just, we don't understand it. This man was just born blind. In that culture, in that time, it was, yeah, pretty much if you weren't able to have kids or you were this and that, you, then you were seen as cursed. And sometimes it may have been true, and some other times it was just life. This is just the way it was. But I love what he said. But 
that the works of God might be displayed in him. See, you may not understand everything you've had to go through in your life. We may not understand everything that we're going through in this time. But let me encourage you today, know that God is going to be glorified. God will be glorified and is being glorified today through it all. Will we continue to glorify God through all of this? Not because of what's going on, no. But because we know that our Christ is alive, that our Lord is alive, and that we know that he's in control of it all. Will we continue to still believe this? Verse 4 says, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seen. Oh, well, praise the Lord. Amen. So this man not only had to go and do, but he first had to hear. And when he was able to hear, see, many times when you can't see, you can hear. So don't ever be discouraged in the situation that you may not be able to see. And I'm not saying physically, but I'm saying spiritually. You may not be able to see, well, what's going to happen, this and that. But this is where it's our time to be listening to the voice of the Lord. Because it's in that listening to the voice of the Lord that he has already provided what is needed as he had provided the mud on this man's eyes. And then he had to listen out for the Lord's voice to go and do so that he could see. And think about it this way. This man still had to go blind with mud on his eyes and he still had to go and he still had to wash and he still had to do. So just because me and you cannot see and we may not understand, but right now is our time to be listening. Because we got to be able to be in a place what not only I've seen, but also what I have heard. What does he say? My sheep. Hear and know my voice. Are we willing to listen? Yes, there's a time that we need to see in order to hear. But how many of us know once we've seen, then we have to hear in order to see? See, this man heard. He went. That's faith. But he came back seen. We walk by faith and not by sight. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You want to see? Start to seek his voice. His word. This man came back seen. He was born blind. Man never saw. I can't. Who can? I mean, that's amazing. But let's keep reading. 
the neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. Others says, no, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe. There's that word. So they're making a choice. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight. So again, they're doing everything they can. They're not even believing this man and ask them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? And his parents answers, we know that this is our son and that, yes, he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they had feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. See, this is one of the things I always explain to the rich ministry, to the rooted in Christ ministry was and is they are responsible for their own salvation. Me and you are responsible for our own salvation. See, the parents are saying, yeah, we know you're blind. Yes, he's our son. But because of fear of being taken out of the synagogue, they said, but he's of age. Ask him. He had to stand alone and declare what had happened. He had a standalone that even his own parents stepped away and said, listen, we don't know how this man, how our son is now able to see. We know he was blind. We know this. He's our son. But ask him. He is of age. See, no one can declare this for me and you. Me and you have to make a choice to declare who Jesus is to me and you. Your parents can't do it. Your husband, your wife, your family, no one can do it for you. You have to make a decision. We have to make a decision. I have to make a decision daily to believe and make that choice. But I love it as they continue to go on, as they continue to question him. In verse 24, it says, so for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know that though I was blind, now I see. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of us know that though we were blind, now we see? They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. 
We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, why? This is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes? We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. So imagine this. This man may not have had all the knowledge or the understanding, but one thing he did know is, I know that I was blind and now I could see. I know that Christ did this for me. I know that Jesus did this for me. And praise the Lord if you know today and we can know today what Christ did for me and you. And that is he sent his son to die for me and you. He died on that cross for me and you and now has risen from the grave and now is ascended on high and is coming back one day. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for he is good, he is holy, and he is righteous. See, we may not always have the right words to say, but when you can know what Christ Jesus did for you, you can declare all that you have seen and all that you have heard, and you can declare because you know that you know that you know in your heart what Christ did for you, and you know what Christ has did for this world. Oh, praise the Lord Jesus. He is so good. And Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Oh, here comes a choice. Here comes a challenge. This man was physically healed. He could now see, but now he is having an opportunity to declare and to put his faith in Jesus. And he answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. And listen to him here. He says, He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Oh, there is one thing, praise the Lord, when Jesus can become someone's Lord. When someone can confess that Jesus is Lord, and the word of God says, And you shall be saved. This man now had a choice to believe and declare that he is Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He says, Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see and those who may see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Well, praise the Lord. Our God is good. See, there is only one truth today. And his name is Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. It's by the shed blood of Jesus. And because all those today who put their faith in him can have life. Because he is faithful. He is the son of God. 
And today, don't stop declaring who Jesus Christ is. See, this man's life was changed, but it cost him. He was kicked out of the synagogue. He was rejected. Oh, but in that, he got to a place, I have seen the Lord. He was able to confess Jesus as his Lord. And therefore to be saved. See, they said, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. I could only share today of what I have seen and what I have heard and what Christ has done for me in my life and what he has spoken to me through his word. And that is my prayer and my belief today that others will be able to come to know the truth, to be able to know the way, the truth, and the life through Jesus Christ. I thank the Lord today. Oh, I thank him because salvation is found in no one else but through him today. And in verse 21 in Acts chapter 4, it says, And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. <laughs> they had a choice here. To back down. To stop proclaiming who Jesus is. But instead they said, that's your choice. You decide whether this is right or wrong, but all we can do is continue to speak and what we have seen and heard. And that's what mean you are challenged today to continue to proclaim and declare what we have seen and what we have heard and what we will continue to see and what we will continue to hear by continuing to have faith in Jesus. Because chapter 10 of Matthew says this in verse 32 and 33. He says, so everyone who acknowledges me before men, I, will also, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. See, we have a responsibility no matter what it may look like, no matter what may come. We have a responsibility to declare and who Jesus is because as long as we do not deny him he will not deny us before the father and we could be so grateful today for it never forget what you have seen and what you've heard couple of reference scriptures here you can find them in job chapter 32 and verse 18 through 20 jeremiah chapter 20 verse 9 amos chapter 3 verse 8 and one of those portions of scriptures, he says, your word is like a fire in my bones. If I, I cannot contain it.
But 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16 says, For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting. For necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. See, we have a responsibility to declare the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and who he is. See, I can preach it and teach it and tell you who he is. But you have to believe it for yourself and you have to make a declaration of who he is. By what we've seen and what we've heard. No matter what. Let us continue to believe. Remember all that we've seen and heard in Jesus. Remember all that he has done in yours and mine in my life. And in that you'll start to be able to see all that he's continuing to do. We're not here to fight. No, we're here to declare. We're here to proclaim. To proclaim who Jesus is. Because it's all about Jesus. And if we don't know what it is, that's we don't understand, that's okay. It's what we have seen and what we have heard. Don't stop declaring what you have seen and heard. See, that man was blind and now he could see. We were blind and now we could see. Others today are blind. But thank you, Lord, that they too have an opportunity to be able to see. And our prayer is, Lord, let them see you, Lord, as we see you. Let them know you as I've, have, I've had the opportunity to continue to know you and continue to know you more, Lord. To have a relationship with you, Lord Jesus. To have fellowship with you, Lord. And to see those around us today, all of you that are joining us here today. To see the work that God is doing in your life and the fact that you're still trusting the Lord today encourages me. But not only me, but it encourages all those around you. See, you don't realize it, but you're the change in this world. Me and you today are that change in the world. Many others today whose lives have been changed by Jesus today are a change in the world. <laughs> and you may not see the grand picture in the grand scheme of things, but that's okay. It's not your purpose. It's not my purpose. It's his purpose and his plan. So I thank God for you today. I thank God that he is so faithful. And I thank God for his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. So let us continue to declare the name of Jesus and all that he is. Because just like as the disciples, they said, whether it's right or wrong, you be the judge. 
but we can't stop speaking from what we have seen and heard. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Our God is good. So we had a visitor here today on the chat board. Thank you, Jesus. Others are able to come and join us. Amen. Others are able to come and see and hear the word of the Lord together. But let us continue to declare all we've seen and heard. Amen. I'm going to ask before we close up today, if you have any prayer requests and you'd like to put them here on the chat board today, go ahead and put them up. If you have a praise report, just want to give the Lord glory and praise and honor. Go ahead. We'll take this time right now. I thank the Lord for all of you guys there today. Thank you for joining, joining me today here today for Bible study. It's just a blessing to be a part. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all that we've seen and heard. And Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for all that you're continuing to do, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you.